So like I said, I was up at the Beacon Bible Conference uh, from Thursday to Saturday night, Um, and it was great. I was asked to give a devotional on Saturday morning, um, and I thought to myself, you know, wow, you just asked a freshly ordained pastor to give a devotional? (laughs) Good luck. Said, Said it was supposed to be seven to ten minutes, so I did the best I could to keep it seven to ten minutes. Well, you guys are going to get the long version of that this morning, so, (laughs) all right. So, what I gave the devotional on was fear, and it's something very personal to me over this past year, and it's something that's been a little difficult to deal with. I I believe it's one week from now, and it'll be a year since all the lockdown stuff started. You believe that? It's been a ride, hasn't it? I want you guys to think back to the beginning of all this COVID stuff. I, like many people, I believe, was glued to the news. I was looking at all these charts and how many people they were thinking were going to die from it. And I was worried about the lockdowns. I was worried about how people were going to act when they panicked. So there's a lot to be scared of. And... I am ashamed to say that I let that fear at that time consume me. I'm not afraid to say that now, but it did at that time. Because what it was, was I was paying so much attention to the news, so much attention to these charts all day long. I was neglecting my time in prayer and in God's word. So I was literally letting that fear take over my faith in God. I don't know what it was, but for some reason, when that stuff started, I was like, okay, what do I need to do to protect my family? What do I need to do to help out at church? What do I need to do to make sure we're financially secure throughout all of this? I need to do this. I need to do that. What do I need to do? Catching on here? Not what can God help me with. I want you to open your Bibles this morning. And before we do that, let's go ahead and pray. And I'll open up. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Uh, Thank you for this wonderful church that I get to come back to after going to a wonderful conference like that. Uh, I thank you for all the preachers that were there uh, that brought their messages. And now, Lord, I hope that uh, you be with me now as I bring a message forward. And you just allow me to fade into the background, allowed your word to speak through, Lord, and, and I pray that you keep all of our hearts and minds open to what you have to teach us, including mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 35 to 41, and if you have one of these in your Bible, go ahead and keep it on Mark chapter 4 today, so no matter where we turn to, we're probably going to go back there later. Um, this is, uh, someone told me that Mark is full of hamburgers, right? There's, there's a lot of these little stories in Mark that are sandwiched between other things. And so this is, this is one of those. Uh, there's, Jesus does something amazing here, and it's sandwiched between two instances of fear. So Mark chapter 4, verses 35 31, this is when Jesus calms the storm and when his disciples are on the ship says, starting at verse 35, 
On the same day, when the evening was come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. Notice that there. That boat was just filling up with water. How many times have we felt like that in our lives, where our boats are filling up with water, right? Overwhelmed. That's how I felt this year. It says, But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? They feared exceedingly at Jesus, whereas they feared the storm before, they feared Jesus more. That's a good thing. You know, we think of fear always as a bad thing, but fear of the Lord is a good thing. First, I want to point out this part when they were scared of the storm. Is it good to fear the world? No, not really. Not if you're a born-again believer. You see, if you're not saved, you should be scared, and that should drive you towards Christ. But we as believers in Christ, we shouldn't be scared of the world. We should just be scared of him. So should we fear God? The answer to that is absolutely yes. He is the most powerful being in existence. And we as Christians, he is our heavenly father. That means that he has a big hand to spank us with. If you think of fear of the Lord as a bad thing, that's probably because you haven't been disciplined as a child. Because fearing your parents is a good thing. You should have a healthy fear of your parents. That means that you will listen to them. That means when they discipline you at times where you're not in danger, that means that you will listen in times when you are in danger. It's exactly the same for God and us. The Bible says that he that spareth the rod hateth the child. If you don't discipline your children, you hate them. That's what the Bible says. See, remember, Israel, they had to walk in the wilderness for 40 years because they disobeyed God. That's power. He told, he, he, he told them to do that. Just like the disciples, though, we should fear God because of his awesome power. Not because he's a bad guy, but because he has the power. 
We fear that power. Have you guys ever seen The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Chronicles of Narnia, right? C.S. Lewis. Many of us know that he wrote that book modeling Christianity. This is in the book, this is what he says of Aslan, the lion, who is representative of God. He says, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought that he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall rather feel nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said the beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Our Lord is a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Is he safe? No, but he's good. Amen? Would you rather have that power in the hands of a good guy or a bad guy? I'd take the good guy any day. He is God Almighty. Think about this. Moses could not even look at him in the face because he would die. That's power. So we have to understand who we're dealing with here. But it is, important, it is important to remember that God is the good guy. Would you rather the all-powerful God who wants to save you? Or would you rather the devil have that power who wants to do nothing more than destroy you? To beat you into dust? God who wants to do everything for our benefit. That doesn't mean life is going to be peachy. We go through trials. That makes us better. But it's for our benefit. The Bible says that if we belong to God, we cannot be plucked out of his hand. That's power, right? It's not our power that keeps us saved. It's God's power. We're in his hand. Power can be used for some really good things. I want you to notice here, this here. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 28 to 29. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 to 29. <clears throat> it's at the very end of the chapter says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Notice this, for our God is a consuming fire. God's a fire. That's dangerous. Fire can be used for a lot of really good things, but it is by nature a destructive force. God has that power. 
We don't fear God because he's a bad guy. We fear the power, right? There are some very real benefits to our lives for having fear of the Lord. Open your Bibles to Proverbs, and we're going to look at quite a few of these Proverbs. Proverbs 1.7. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Beginning of knowledge. When you fear God, you will study the word because you're told to. It's the beginning of knowledge. You'll humble, humble yourself. When you study, you'll gain knowledge and you'll start to memorize scripture. See, like I said about, that parent, about a parent, right? That disciplines their child with the little things so that they obey with the big things. That's what this is here. It's the beginning of knowledge. So we obey because we're scared. We're, we obey because he can do some damage in order to make us better. It's like growing pains. Growing pains hurt, but you need them in order to grow. We study because we're told to. Then we study because we want to. Fear of the Lord brings wisdom. It says fools despise wisdom and instruction. When I started seminary, I thought I knew everything. You'll hear that from a lot of people. Now I know nothing, right? Fools despise wisdom. That was, I was a fool at the beginning because I thought I knew it all. Now I seek out wisdom. I'm a big proponent of memory verses. You see, in the Old Testament times, these men would memorize scripture. That was the very first thing that they did in order to understand. They would memorize scripture and then they would chew on it over time. I believe it's Jesus says, your word is like honey on my lips. That's because in those times, what they would do in order to encourage kids to memorize scripture, they would put honey on their hand. And every time they did good, they would be able to lick the honey. Honey was the most valuable sweet that you could get at that time. It was very encouraged to memorize scripture. Wisdom is gained through understanding scripture. So we memorize, we chew on it, and pray on it, and we understand. Wisdom is knowing what to do with your knowledge. It's not just simply having knowledge. It's knowing what to do with it to benefit the kingdom of God. The root of knowledge and wisdom is the fear of the Lord. That starts it all. Next, go ahead and turn to Proverbs 19.23. Proverbs 19.23. Proverbs 19.23. 
Proverbs 19.23. It says, The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. Notice verse there, it says, long life, or tendeth to life. That means having a long life. When you live by Christian principles, you're not usually going to be in situations that your life could end prematurely. It still could happen, but you're not going to put yourself in bad situations usually if you're living according to the Bible. Usually surround yourself with good people. You're not going out and doing dumb things. You know, when I was younger, I did a lot of dumb things. Went out late at night. Got in some bad situations. You know that men uh, have a higher birth rate than women? They do. It's about 51% male to female. But by the age of 30, it's 50-50. And I can't remember exactly what it is by the end of life, but it's lower. So women have a higher life expectancy than men. And so there's actually more women that are older than men. Why is that? Well, because men do a lot of dumb things, right? We get ourselves into bad situations. It's that testosterone. We... We, we are very le- much like Peter a lot of times, getting ourselves into these situations. But if we live according to the Bible, we live according to the rules, right? That counteracts that a bit. You also be satisfied in your life. So it not only bring you long life, but you will be satisfied in that life if you live according to Christian principles, according to the Bible. God brings fulfillment in life and whatever you do. See, just because we're not out doing crazy stuff doesn't mean life can't be good and fulfilling. Doesn't mean life is boring, right? I can promise you personally that you will have no greater satisfaction in life than following God's word. I can say that throughout this time that I've surrendered to ministry, I followed God's word and God is blessed, but also even when times have been hard, I don't regret it for a second because there's that inner peace that we get from following God. God brings us peace. Just like he said, peace be still to that storm. You see, God may not stop all of this bad situations in your life, but God can give you peace. Fear of the Lord brings us protection from evil. This is one of my favorite analogies here. Have you guys ever watched Tom and Jerry? Right? As kids, watch Tom and Jerry at all? So the cat is always trying to get the mouse, right? 
A lot of times that mouse runs to the bulldog because the mouse and the bulldog aren't enemies, but the mouse runs to the bigger bulldog who's going to chase away the cat. The cat's the bad guy. The cat's the devil, right? Well, that bulldog's powerful. He can chase away the devil. Similar to this, when I was a kid, I got bullied a lot. I was bullied by the second biggest kid in school. You know what I did? I made friends with the biggest kid in school. And as long as I was hanging out with the biggest kid in school, that other kid didn't pick on me. The closer we get to God, scares away the devil, right? That's how we resist the devil. We draw close to God. Next, I want you to notice that fear of the Lord brings blessings and honor. Turn to Proverbs 22, verse 4. It says, By humility and fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. So it brings blessings. God wants to bless us. Like I said, I've said this many times, I don't believe in prosperity gospel. But God does want to bless us in life. It's just what we think those blessings are and what God thinks those blessings are are two different things. It's not necessarily monetarily all the time. But God can give you things that are, have greater value than anything. Like that peace inside. Like, you know, one of the greatest blessings that happened to me recently, I was able to lead someone to Christ. That, God blessed me in that. It was funny about that situation is I didn't even try for it. This person was asking me about it. God wants to bless us in those ways. When you see someone accept Christ, that is a huge blessing. It can revive us. It can spur us into more action. You see, blessings in life show other people what God is capable of. You know, joy is a blessing. Even if everything is going wrong in your life and you are still joyful, People are going to go, wow, I want what that guy has, right? That, that, I, I've seen that guy. It looks like his life is falling apart, but he's still joyful all the time. It brings honor. A God-fearing life is an honorable life. No matter what the world may tell us today, Fear of the Lord is a good thing. If we are obedient to him, it is a good and honorable life. People are now are trying to convince us that down is up and wrong is right and right is wrong. How are we the bad guys in the world today? It's one thing if they're saying about that about us, but if we start to believe it sometimes, that's when it starts to really hurt. 
we have to remember that it brings us honor if we have a God-fearing life. You know, the only person who, whose opinion, opinion matters is his. I hope you all don't care about my opinion. <laughs> Honestly, I hope you just care about God's opinion. I don't care about your opinion. Sorry. I care about God's opinion. We should all think like that. You see, what's funny, though, is, is if we're all just caring about God's opinion, we're all going to get along pretty well. Isn't that funny how it works? Fear of the Lord brings peace and calm. I told you we were going to go back to Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> I want you to notice here. Let's see. It says, a great storm arose. A great storm, right? Notice what happens after Jesus says, peace be still. It says that there was a great calm. That's no accident. The greater the storm, the greater the calm that Jesus can bring you. That's something that I had to realize. The more that we trust in him when things are going wrong, the greater the calm. You know where the disciples went wrong here in this story? It wasn't that they were scared at all. I'll just tell you that right up front. Notice what Jesus says. He says, why are you so fearful? So fearful. That should tell us that it wasn't that they had fear, period. It was the amount of fear. Notice what the, going backing up a little bit, verse 38, notice what the disciples say. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I actually had that thought at the beginning of all of this. God, do you even care what is happening to us? That's where we fall into the problems. That's where we fall into sin there. I didn't, it's not that I didn't believe God existed. God, do you even care about the things that are happening in my life? Do you even care whether I have money to support my family? Do you even care whether we lose our rights? You know, all the things that we're scared of, right? Do you even care about these riots that are going on? Do you even care about this election? Whatever side you're on? What about all the stuff that's going on in the news? All the fear that's going on? God, do you even care? That's where these disciples went wrong. That's where I went wrong. It's not that I was scared at all. It's not that they were scared at all. But they let their fear overcome their faith. That is where we go wrong. Jesus says, how is it that you have no faith? We cannot let our fear overcome our faith. If we turn to him and say, God, give us peace in all this. Give us a great calm in all of this. 
He will. We have to turn to him in respect of that, with faith. And again, I want to point out this last verse. Verse 41. And they feared exceedingly. Our fear of God needs to exceed our fear of our storms. That's a lesson that I had to learn. Obey him even when I'm scared about the stuff that's going on. Pray even when there's other stuff going on and I, I need to figure out what I need to do, right? No, I need to ask God what I need to do. Fear God exceedingly. That means that it needs to be greater than anything else. Just like what I said about that bully, right? We need to make friends with the bigger kid. You think I wasn't scared of the bigger kid? That if the bully was scared of the bigger kid, I should be scared of the bigger kid, right? But I got that bigger kid on my side. God is on our side. Who would you rather have that power? Would you rather the devil have that power to destroy you? Would you rather the devil have the power to flood the earth? So you do it in an instant. Or are we thankful that God has that power? Are we thankful that God is the one that we fear? I thank God every day that I can fear him. Because when I fear him, everything else seems so very small. The mountains seem like pebbles. The winds seem like ripples. Those storms are just, you know, sprinkling rain, right? Make God big in your life. We need to have God be the biggest thing in our life. His power is great. His power to calm the storms exceeds that of the storms themselves. So fear the Lord and have that fear exceed your fear of everything else. In conclusion this morning, I'll ask that question again. Should you fear God? Yes. But fear of the Lord is a good thing. It brings you things like knowledge and wisdom, life, satisfaction, protection, blessings, honor, calm, and peace. And many more things that I couldn't even go over. Most of all, fear of the Lord brings repentance, and le which leads to salvation. Do you remember the story of the thief on the cross? Do you remember what he said to the other guy that was railing on Jesus? He says, do you not fear God? See, the start of his salvation 
was fear of the Lord. He feared God. So we need to have courage when dealing with the world. But that courage with the world needs to come from our fear of the Lord. See, we have to have courage dealing with our daily lives. But that begins with fear. That fear is a respect. You see, with a snake, right? Now, I, don't, don't get me wrong. Snake's usually a bad thing, but I'm, you, you, you fear the snake, right? If a king cobra is standing up at you, you're going to keep your distance, right? Now, I don't care how tough of a guy you are. You don't want to get bit by a snake. I was out hunting recently, and uh, I, I'm sitting in a, a blind, which is kind of like a little tent um, that's camouflage. And I'm sitting there, I'm waiting for a deer to come by, and this uh, timber rattler snake is coming by, and I'm like, oh no, please don't come in my tent. Please don't. Because I can't get away that fast if I'm in there. But we respect the snake, right? The lion. You respect that lion. You're not going to come up and spank the lion? No, <laughs> unless you want to die, right? <laughs> but that's how our fear of the Lord needs to be. We can appreciate the lion, right? How majestic they look. It'd be awesome if that lion's going to come and protect you, but you're still going to respect it. That's how we need to interact with the Lord. He's not just our buddy. He's our king. He's our Lord. So we have to have that proper fear there. That fear of the Lord brings comfort. Amen? Amen.